The Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. If I told you what, that, what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it. Curling has to be the most difficult, eye-hurting sport I've ever witnessed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been described as the bridesmaids of Harlan. Well, today we got married. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air, and then hit it. But, what's of heart tonight? I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking place. Hello and welcome to the Hurling Podcast for our All-Ireland Final Review. It's been said before, but I'll say it again, Ben. Limerick are good at hurling. I, I couldn't argue, Gary. Well, first things first, we want to congratulate Michael Doyle from Glenbarrentown on winning the Fantasy Hurling Sean Flood Shield and also coming second in the overall game. Uh, congratulations, Michael. You have won. You're the proud owner now of a voucher for the Thatch in Ferns. If you if you feel brave enough to make your way up to Ferns, um, please please get in contact with us and we'll sort you out with your voucher. Um, you'll probably be more probably more welcome in Ferns than maybe you would in in Pierce's Town. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we're delighted to be joined by Irish Times sports journalist Malky Clarkin to review the final, and he starts by doubling down on his comments about the Wexford accent. Um, now I don't. This is I'm okay with this now. But uh, Gary has a particular, particular bone he wants to pick with you now. Please do, please do. I don't know if I'm, I'm that upset about it, but you did say there back in July about if a Wexford person ever tried to rob a bank, they'd yeah. be laughed out the door and yeah. asked if they had any strawberries. Yeah. Now that was based on the accent, I take it, yes. Of course. And that's the Wexford town accent rather than you know. Our <laughs> For fuck's sake! As if I can. <laughs> As if my ear is that attuned that I can distinguish between the Wexford town and, and the rest of the county. <laughs> and more time in Wexford. Not at all. Listen, listen. Look, even you, even as you're trying to be annoyed with me, there, all I can hear is woody, woody, woody. woody. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Wexford uh, accent. I'm not. You can I'm never not be annoyed with you, Maliki. I'm not dissing it in the slightest. It's just not threatening. <laughs> not threatening. <laughs> Holy God! It no. certainly can be. <laughs> Not for well, us. To be fair, I haven't found myself out after dark in Enniscorthy <laughs> lately, so maybe I'm wrong. Uh, would you see that yesterday as the greatest hurling performance ever in an All Ireland final? It was very good. It was very good. It was um, like. If you wanted to compare it, I suppose the only the, the the yardstick everybody has had up to now was Kilkenny in 2008. There were different times, I guess. Uh, like Kilkenny scored 330 and had four wides. So what are you looking at there? You're looking at 37 shots in the whole game. Uh, Limerick yesterday scored, what was it? 332 
and had 18 wides. So that's almost 20 more shots. That's about, that's about 53, 54 shots in the whole game. So hurling is different now than it was even whatever, 13 years ago. Uh, I, I still think for what it was, that Kilkenny performance was was almost untouchable because of the like the nigh-on perfection of it. Um, not that they outscored, but they were so far, they were further ahead of Waterford at halftime than Limerick were yesterday. Uh, like Cork, <laughs> Cork in fairness to them, scored 111 in the first half, which is a record for a team going in uh, losing at halftime in an All-Ireland final. It equaled the record for a team going in losing. So Cork didn't actually do too badly, and they didn't do terrible in the first quarter. I thought, I thought you know, they were they were hanging in there, but um, they were up against a just completely irresistible team. You know, I, 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 it it is probably the best, but I mean, for for what it was at the time, that could anyone will take take an awful lot of beating. What you had said in your article uh, about where to start. Mm. And so you might as well start with Keane Lynch. Uh, something that I hadn't noticed, but you noted that he had the ball seven times in the first half. And apart from his own point, he gave the last pass for another 2-4. Yeah. He was irrepressible. I mean... Yeah. Now, to be fair, that, that is not... I, I, I stole that stat of uh, Brian McDonald, the, the, the uh, very good stats analysis guy uh, from Tipperary. who He tweeted that out at halftime. And he... If anybody wants to see it, has a great piece in the Examiner today, where he fleshes out those stats uh, for the whole, for the whole of the game, uh, and then uh, uh, I think I think there's even a panel with it for through the championship. So he he followed him to to the letter. Um, like Lynch was extraordinary. Now, now I will say, on 25 minutes, uh, my man of the match was Peter Casey. Uh, who who had scored five points from five shots and was just untouchable, you know, just like could not be got near. Um, he then twisted his knee and went off, but like he was he was phenomenal. Uh, but but Lynch is just it's really it, it's a, it's a really interesting game he plays because he essentially does whatever he wants. To, to, to a greater or lesser extent. You know, he goes where he wants, he links the play himself. But he, um, his economy of, of possession and, and what he does with it is really extraordinary, you know? Um, it, it isn't just possession for possession's sake. Like, everything that he does is, seems to lead to an attack. Or leads to a shot. The next, you know, the next act is a Limerick shot. And the thing I was saying earlier about, um, you know, the fact that they took whatever it was, fifty-three shots or fifty-four shots. Shooting is clearly a tactic of theirs. You know, they they clearly have no big issue with a fella poking wide. Um, they clearly want to, to make the opposition goalkeeper have to take as many puck outs as possible throughout a game because that is one of their tactics. Give the other guy, the, give the other crowd the ball and, you know, 
<laughs> dare them to to be any good with it. And um, so they they clearly they take an awful lot of shots. And like as the second half went on yesterday, they they built up a huge amount of wides. But like that was even even that was just you know bringing more and more pressure on Cork. You know, I'd say Patrick Patrick Collins had a sore shoulder pucking out the ball and an even sorer head trying to find somebody to puck the ball to or trying to trying to vary it enough or trying to find a way through it. But going back to Lynch, Lynch is so key to all of that because everything Lynch does, Lee either he either takes a shot himself or he lays off a pass and the next act is a shot. Uh, or with you know within whatever five seconds, Limerick have taken a shot, and that applies so much pressure on the opposition. Even if that would apply so much pressure, even if what he was doing wasn't completely precise or accurate, but it's the fact that everything is so accurate, everything is everything is put into a position for for the best opportunity for Limerick. You know, it's put into somebody's path. It's but like the for the third goal yesterday, uh, I was saying in my report that like he pirouetted on the sideline like Zidane, you know, and uh, Mark Coleman was touched tight to him, and yet Lynch had had made himself room to sort of twirl in the air on the sideline, put a hand pass back over his shoulder, and put it in such a position to for Garrod Hegarty to run onto. That it was essentially saying to, to Hegarty, right, there's a goal for you. Go and score it. Don't be coming back to me now unless you've scored a goal from this. As a, like, and, and yet when he got the ball, he was tight against the Cusick Park sideline on the 45. You know, the, the, the sort of mental gymnastics, apart from the, you know, the physical feat required there, but the mental gymnastics to realise this is a this is a really good goal chance, with Mark Coleman up my arse facing into the Cusick stand and the sideline a foot away from me, is extraordinary. Like it's it's extraordinary mental agility that he has, and he sees the game in an incredible way. That 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 incident. I mean, Mark Coleman actually got a bit of a flick on the ball, and it looked like it was going to be going out for a sideline. But Keen yeah. Lynch's hard. It was like the ball was stuck to it. It just came up. Kept it in, and then yeah. as Coleman was being dragged out of him, he got he pirouetted and got the pass away. But another question is, who was meant to have been picking up Grode Hegarty on that? Because he was in an acre space. Yeah, they like you know, there's to a certain extent, Car couldn't have done anything yesterday, and that was definitely the tenor a little bit of their reaction afterwards. Um, and Kieran Kingston was kind of going like the first words out of Kieran Kingston's mouth when he came into the press conference was, "It's all about Limerick lads," you know, immediately deflecting, you know, the idea that there was anything Cork could have done. And you know, he's probably right to a certain extent. Like that performance was, you know, there wasn't a whole pile of Cork were ever going to be able to do. But in saying that, Cork lost their shape to ferocious extents at certain points. They couldn't deal with the level of running uh, that Limerick were doing. Not even the level of running, but the the wit involved in Limerick's running. You know, the as you say, like <laughs> Garrod Hegarty was left completely with 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 a full 
uh, full lane ahead of him towards the goal. But you got to think about it. Okay, so where's the guy marking Gerard Hegarty? Well, given that Keane Lynch is out on the Cusick stand sideline with Mark Coleman, the nominal centre-back, right behind him, I guess somebody's probably in covering the centre a little bit or trying to cover the centre, but also having to try and cover Gerard Hegarty and also having to keep an eye on Aaron Galan and Jamie Flanagan inside. So that's, they, they, they just pulled pulled Cork's defence all around the place. Were Cork defence, like, were, were they trying to do too much because and, and ended up doing nothing? Like, there was, the full back line were left exposed, like two on mm. two on, on a lot, yet the half forward line were, from Limerick were still picking up loose ball. Like, where, was it just the level of running from Limerick that they it couldn't de- keep up with? You see, it was it was different with different possessions. You know, it, when when Cork were trying to work the ball out from the back, Coleman was like um, Coleman was almost like Patrick Horgan trying to find a little bit of pocket of space for himself to be because that's what he's been all year for Cork. He'd been the sort of the orchestrator uh, out of defence. He's the one that plays the you know the 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 sort of the out ball. But Limerick were, were so so heavy on top of them and were cutting off their lines of running so well that it was really fascinating to watch. Cork would take sort of four, five, six passes to get out to the half-back line. And having had to be so precise to get to that stage, they then just kind of had to... They have no, no option but to lurry the ball into Patrick Horgan and, and Jack O'Connor, who were facing a three-on-two. In the in, in down at the at the hill goal, so what what it was essentially was that like the Cork players were trying to get free. It, it, exactly as you're saying, they tried to do both and ended up doing neither. They tried to mark their men, they tried to mark space, but they also because their game is so involved with running the ball out from the back, they also had that duty as well placed upon them. Like that, that's the game that they play. So they were also trying to find their own lanes of running, trying to find their own bit of space to work the ball out. And then because hurling goes so bloody fast now, um, every puck out was taken, you know, within sort of five, six seconds. You're having to, they were having to switch from defensive to attacking to defensive to attacking in the blink, blink of an eye. And I, you know, then we just outplayed them, moved them around the place. The, the ball coming from the Limerick half-back line was was just spot on. But even the Cork running, they, Cork run, ran out of the way a couple of times and Declan Hannon was able to kind of stroll forward from centre-back because Lynch had taken Coleman out of the middle and nobody had got into the middle to to cover it up again. So Declan Hannon got, what, did he get three points in the end or two, two handy ones anyway? And they were... They were just pulled all around the place. Do you think maybe because <clears throat> Jerm Ellerick was most likely gonna take up or follow around Keen Lynch for the day if he was face? Do you think he would have made that much of a difference? I don't know that he would have made that a whole pile of difference. I mean, he he may have stopped Lynch getting man of the match. I don't know that he would have made a, a difference to the overall result. Um, but uh, I think what they did was the wrong way to go. Um, you know. Mark Coleman, 
you either tell him to do it or you tell him to play his own game. And they kind of got asked him to do both, and he sort of did neither. Um, I kind of liked Jackie Terrell's suggestion uh, during the week in the Irish Times where he said, you know, why not, you know, throw Damien Cahillan in there. He's a man marker. He's not, you know, he won't be in any way worried about his own game. You know, send him in there and see what he could do. But Lynch is he's a special player, you know, and he's, um, it, it, I presume it wouldn't have made an awful lot of difference to the overall thing. Um, given that, you know, Cork's problem was, it was more than just that Kane Lynch was running the show. It was that every time they tried to get out with the ball, they were met with physical ferocity and they were having to work too hard to get up to as far as midfield. The, their little stick passes weren't going straight to hand in the way that Limericks were. All of that sort of adds up and adds up. Plus the fact Limerick's shooting was extraordinary for the first 25 minutes. I, th- I think them. I had Kyle Hayes had a wide and oh, but it wasn't it wasn't a shot wide. It was a, a a long pass that went out over the sideline, and I think maybe up to the twenty fifth minute, you still only had one other Limerick wide. I think they had something like two ten from thirteen shots, their first thirteen shots, or something ludicrous like that in an All Ireland final is is insane, you know. It's crazy to think that when you Hegarty, like Hegarty, was probably a bit wasteful. Since yes. got two two, could have got three yeah. four. He would have got himself a man of the match with that. Like yeah, 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 yeah. I because I actually, I I I uh, talked to him afterwards, and I was about to ask him, you know, I was about to frame the question as in, you know, different kind of All Ireland final for you this year. You didn't get you you weren't as good as you were last year. And then in my head, I was going, he still scored two two. <laughs> he still outscored <laughs> what he scored in last year's final. So he probably did okay. So I, I didn't put it to him. Yeah, we saw the, we saw the, the picture. Yeah. <laughs> was that because of your own thoughts or was it a little bit intimidating the way he was towering above you? <laughs> to be fair to 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 Ger or to Ger, to Gerard, uh though the picture looks like he is about to pummel me in <laughs> uh he couldn't have been sounder or nicer or or more obliging. He was very, very uh, another, I, was, another I, I wasn't in the least bit intimidated by. Another picture that you tweeted was the 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 beer cooler pack that was on its way to the dressing room. Were you holding them up from that? Uh, no, 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 no. I, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Trust me, they didn't need me to hold them up. Uh, I, I've done a lot of All Ireland finals, and uh, yesterday was by far the longest we had to wait afterwards to get a hold of. Two hours after. Two hours after. Yeah, that was like that, that. When I was talking to to Gerard at that stage, it, that, I think that was about ten past seven, and uh, yes, deadlines were were encroaching wow. very, very, very rapidly at that stage. So, uh, so I did figure that that seeing as they weren't going to be brought out to us, I figured I'd go and stand beside uh, the uh, station where they were going to get their food because presumably <laughs> they would have to eat at some stage. So, <laughs> that was how I managed to get a hold of them. Just confusing when I think about what the what the plan was with Coleman and Lynch, because you said there he either goes to him or he's six back. But like if he if he's to man Mark Lynch, Coleman 
he's not that player, like no, you know. So why? I suppose on on a certain level, they, you know, Coleman has been at the the heartbeat of everything Cork have done this year. Um, the he is the sort of the main man in their not just in their defense, but in their the sort of launch pack pad they have for attacks. And I suppose to a certain extent, they 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 sort of went, well, look, we're going to go to an All-Ireland final. We're going to have to do something ourselves. You know, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to be able to negate them into, into defeat. We have to play our game too. Um, and he is... I, I would say they're the, the, the best hurler in their defence as well. So I'd say on some level that was their idea, you know, give Keane Lynch something to do. A little bit like um, like uh, the Mayo footballers used to with Jack McCaffrey. They used to put uh, Paddy Durkin on him and, you know, say, right, Jack, you're you're great, but Paddy Durkin is great too. So you're, you're going to have to do something here rather than just... Uh, give him a bit of defending to do or give him something like that. So maybe the idea was, all right, Lynch, you're you're obviously fantastic, but you know, we have Mark Coleman and he and he's a damn good hurler as well. So maybe give him something to do there as well. Now it look, it didn't work out. Uh, and and I assume had Jeremy Ellerick been fit, it wouldn't have entered even entered into it. I, I assume they would have sent Jeremy Ellerick after him. But um yeah, that, that that was how it worked out. As I say, in a, 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 with such a hammering, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure covering off Keen Lynch. I, I Limerick would have found a different way to uh, through, you know, because I actually thought in that first. I I know Lynch as the as the game went on was so so amazing, but. Uh, like that's that the inside forward line, the uh, Flanagan, Casey, and and Galan were, geez, they were pretty untouchable in that first twenty five minutes when the game was a game. Like Casey was five points from five shots, Galan was right on it, and Flanagan. I was actually astonished afterwards when I when I checked that Flanagan only scored a point because I thought I actually thought he had, he had done far more than that, but he had been so impressive. He had he, he had linked up that that full forward line so well. He was actually quite he wasteful, was, Flanagan. He was as the game went on, yeah. But I think I think all of the the, the whole Limerick team got very wasteful in the, in the second half, uh, and just kept shooting and shooting and shooting. But he wasn't wasteful in that first sort of half an hour or that first twenty five minutes when when uh, when Limerick were doing the real heavy scoring. He actually had a, if you remember, one in the first half anyway. He turned in on his left and you're thinking this is an easy score for Seamus Flanagan. Mm. And he puts it wide on the inside post. And I was thinking, That's right, yeah. like, just Seamus, do you have to be running away from goal with your back to it to score? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> That's true. And I think that was, I, I, I think that was possibly even Limerick's first wide, uh, apart from the, the long pass from Hayes. But, um, but then, yeah, like his his pass inside for Galan's goal was perfect, and it came at the like it was the killer killer score in the game. Cork had got it back to a point at that stage, and that was the killer score in the game. Like they were just not going to be that put them four clear, and 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 they were never never in danger of being caught after that. Like I think had they not, like they definitely took the foot off the gas. Like Flanagan let about 
let a few balls through him and he was out to him first in the second mm-hmm. half and let him through him. And that he had that killer instinct that he, Limerick had in the first half. Jeez, it would have been ridiculous scoreline. Well, I did turn, I turned uh, beside Vincent Hogan from the Indo and at one point early in the second half, I said, do you think they'll make it to 50 points? And he says, it's on. It's absolutely on. <laughs> no, they didn't. They, they start off. But like, you can't, like, whatever about trying to keep playing when you're 13 points down, uh, trying to keep playing when you're 13 points up and it's an All-Ireland final, you know, you have nobody to impress for the next day. You have nobody, you have nothing. You, all you're doing is marking time until you can go up the steps of the Hogan stand. So you sort of take on whatever shots are there and try not to get sent off and all that sort of stuff. So you're, you're really just marking time. Lynch, actually, there was a few times in the second mm-hmm. half where he got the ball and he looked up, can I find someone? And no one was, no one was available. Yeah. So he's asked, I'll yeah. just take me point. Yeah. You know? and that's how he ended, yeah, ended up with six from play. Yeah. So he was more selfish saying, in general. Like he couldn't mm-hmm. score a hell lot more. When you were saying like, maybe try not to get sent off. Did, did Keen Lynch try to get sent off with his judo throw on Tim Manny? <sighs> I, th- I think he was lucky. Now, I must admit at the time, I was writing an online report for, for the Times website, so um, which had to be filed on the whistle. So I didn't actually see the incident at the time. And when I saw Horgan flash two yellow cards, I didn't think any more of it at all at all. But then a couple of uh, good friends of mine were texting me after the game going, was there, is, there, is there much made about Lynch's, uh, Lynch's uh, uh, suplex? On uh, on uh, was it Tim O'Mahony? Was it um, or whoever it was? Man, and uh, and I kind of went, no, no, should there have been? And then I saw a clip of it last night. Jeez, that is pretty dangerous now. Um, like, you know, the game was over and nobody gave a shit at that stage. Uh, but but I don't know if that had been the first five minutes and the game was tight and everybody's paying full attention and all that sort of stuff. I don't know that you can really do that, to be honest with you. Like, uh, like, well, you shouldn't be allowed to, because like, he looked gotta, like he knew what careful. he was doing. Yeah, you have to be more careful than that. Like, we're we space, especially with the helmets, you know, like because there's so much more surface area to to land on the ground and and harder to get your your neck in underneath to sort of duck and roll. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, like in, in retrospect, and, and as I say, look, I didn't see it at the time. Nobody made any big, nobody mentioned it in the press conferences. No, there wasn't even any, you know, the way journalists always talk after games going, geez, that should have been this or that should have been that. I honestly didn't hear a word about it until I was walking home, whatever, at about half nine, and a friend was texting me going, is there, was there anything made of this? So maybe it just sort of passed by or, or, or whatever, but... um yeah, I'm watching it back. I like him as a red card. I, I, I don't think there's really any way around that. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm slightly surprised that there wasn't hasn't been more made of it overnight. I like the fact that the game went the way it went, and probably given who it is, you know, like we, he's say he's Saint Keen Lynch this morning. You know, he's the the best hurler in in uh, in the history of the world this morning. So. Um, <laughs> You know, people probably want to gloss over it to a certain extent, and your man wasn't badly hurt. Um, but uh, but yeah, put, put it this way: if John Small had done it, uh, <laughs> there would have been plenty of chat. It was fairly impressive, uh, though. At the same time, 
you know. This Did you do man, This big man ahead over me comes behind me. Oh, God. oh listen <laughs> now, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, Keen Lynch is not a small man. Trust me. I, 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 I know I'm in no position to talk about the size of Limerick Hurlers this morning. Oh, well, maybe I am. Maybe I'm in a better position than most. But he walked past me just before Gerard Hegarty came out, and he is not a small man at all. I just mean the old man, he's a massive man. Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, but Rich was well fit for worry about that. <laughs> there was, he wasn't the only one who uh, went at Manny. I think it was a Hegarty who decapitated a man. A man, I'd say, yeah, I'd say Hegarty was uh, uh, as surprised as the rest of us to, to finally pick up a yellow card after uh, two seasons of rampant fouling uh, <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> Without any referee ever dreaming to give him a yellow card. Um, so we got one for his fourth foul yesterday. And uh, uh, I, I think at that stage, um, it was uh, it, it came as a big surprise to him because it wasn't it wasn't his worst foul by by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, he has been he's been living a charmed life for a long time now. And it can't it can't all be clumsiness. Uh, so he. Yes, he, he finally got a yellow card. And did you catch um, Graham Mulcahy's bit of puppery? No, although I heard about this. Well, he broke somebody's hurling or something, did he? Yeah, just after the bit of a schmozzle, I think he picked up, it was, I think it was Downey's hurl, and just held it up and snapped it in half with his foot. And I was talking <laughs> to Ben just before we got on, and there's probably a red card as well. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like... You can't be in the no rules. Is that in the rules? I'd say there's no. I don't know if there's a rule or not, but surely yeah. you, you shouldn't be like if you're touching another lad's helmet and you're a red card. It surely yeah. you can't be breaking the hurl purposely, like, deliberately, obviously. Yeah, I don't know. They were. Um, they certainly weren't. There was, there was certainly no sense of them easing off and taking it handy for the rest of the game. They were. <laughs> we're well happy to to keep baiting away and and look if you want a row, sure we'll have a row. But uh, but like we're gonna we're gonna keep blasting through you here for the rest of the day. It, it did seem a bit uh, a bit a bit pointless at the time. Like probably seven minutes left and fifteen points up and yeah. <laughs> snapping another lad's hurl in half. Yeah, but now to be fair though, it did get very heated down there around that 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 incident, um, and uh, which. Uh, just kind of showed you that they were they weren't up for they were <laughs> they weren't up for being uh, pushed around even though they were easy winners. You know? Yeah. Now I'm not sure Gary has big issue with this as well. Now I'm not sure, but uh, do you think a few people have said it? What are your thoughts on Keen Lynch's hand pass style? Is it are they just throws? I don't have a big issue. I just think it needs a bit of a closer look, maybe. But I did look closer, and I think he's just that good at him. But I let I let Malky go. I don't think he throws the ball any more than everybody else. Now I think there's an awful lot of throwing, and I don't think there's any appetite whatsoever in hurling to stop people throwing the ball. Uh, I don't know what it's going to take or what point the game will have to get to before there's something done about it. I get the sense that most people are fine with the ball being thrown. Um, a very simple way to change it would be that you have to hand pass with the other hand. 
um, you know, you uh, you have to change hands to hand pass. It would change the, the game. Or, or off the hurl, yeah. It would change the game completely. Uh, it would change Limerick's game completely. Um, it would mean that, say, something like Lynch's pass to, to Groot Hegarty that we talked about earlier over his shoulder, tight up against the Cusick sideline, would be gone from the game. I don't know if people want to get rid of it or not. Um, but I do know that there are... It's a... Look. It's an unrefereable rule. Yeah. And the GEA or hurling or whoever, you know, whoever decides these things has to decide. They have two decisions to make. The first is, is everybody okay with this? Now, it seems to me that pretty much everybody is. Um, because, yeah, fine. Say we can we can say that let, let's pick a number. Let's say let's say for total argument's sake, let's say that eighty percent of Keen Lynch's hand passes are throws. Um, does your idea of the rights and wrongs of that change if we change Keen Lynch's name to Lee Chin's name? Are eighty percent of Lee Chin's hand passes throws? Oh, absolutely. I know, but this is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, yeah, this, no, no, I get no, you. you know, this is exactly my point, is that, you know, everybody nominally has a problem with the amount of throwing uh, in the game when it's the other team. But I don't think that there is much of an appetite to stand back from the sport and say, we want to start enforcing the hand pass rule properly. Because I don't see that on any level it is really seen as a blight on the game um, by enough people. I, I know, look, some of us that watch it kind of go, well, it's a dumb rule if you can't enforce it. But I don't know what changes there. Um, it's, it is, it's too hard to enforce because you'll end up having a referee calling what, he, what looks like a throw. Yeah. A free, he called a free when it was actually a good hand pass, and it'll be at a big moment in the game or something. Whenever um, they do go at it, whenever they have tried to clamp down it before, and whenever they do, they just make a ball of it, and the refs are blowing good hand passes. That's well, but the, I'd say, it's, I'd say the problem is far more that when they go at it, the smallest misjudgment by a referee is blown up to being. The whole um, the the whole thing is being made a mess of. Yeah. Whereas, like, here, right here, here's here's an experiment. Each of you tell me just and you know none of us know this, right? But let's have our own estimate of how many hand passes, what percentage of hand passes in the championship are legal? Have it, like, what do we think? Fifty fifty. About fifty fifty. What do you think? Ah, yeah. no, maybe, maybe not that. Maybe 60-40. 60-40 legal. Legal. Right. What I do you think? Most of them are. Uh, most of them are good, I think. Yeah. You think most of them? And if we went through the whole of the championship, game by game, and counted the amount of frees given for bad hand passes, 
would we have 10 in the whole championship? I wouldn't say so. Probably not. So this is my point. If you, if you reckon 40% of the hand passes are illegal and there are thousands throughout the course of the championship and only maybe 10 to 20 have been called, that tells you the, that tells you the disconnect that there is so many of these happen without any recourse from anybody. And I think that that tells you two things. One, that it's an ungovernable rule. But two, I think most people are fine with it. Yeah. Don't because all... if they weren't, if they weren't, they'd, they'd be given out. If they weren't, there'd be a concerted push to stop it. And there absolutely is not. If you remember, Don Log made the point a couple of years ago that uh, if in doubt, the refs should just let it go. Like, Yeah. And that's kind I, of I, remember, I, I had this conversation with, um, with Jackie Tyrrell, who does, does the column in the Irish Times. Uh, about two years ago, because it bubbles up every once in a while, uh, you know, as an issue. And uh, I said, well, what do you think? He says, well, look, he says, there's a, there's a bit of a skill in being able to disguise a throw as a hand pass. You know, being able to hood, hoodwink the ref that you actually did hand pass it. You know, you know don't. That, you know, you're not, just, you're not just going out there like a baseball pitcher throwing it up the field. You know, there's, there's, there's a bit of skill in the, in the deception there. And fine. I think that is the general attitude of people who, who play the game. I don't think there's. Yeah, to be, I think, to be honest, I, I, I think there's a. I think there's a real problem. It's a very GA thing, but I think there's a real problem, obviously, in a rule that can't be refereed properly. But I don't think it will change anytime soon. That that is very much a GA thing, like the the tackle in general in hurling and football. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I first I first noticed it for Limerick's first goal because I thought it really looked like Keane Lynch threw it to Hegarty. And in a replay I saw, I was sent, uh, it again looked just, that was a blatant throw. And then I kind of saw another replay on the Sunday game, slowed it down, and he just opens out his fingers before he lets it off. And then I'm just thinking, no, he's just that good at them. <laughs> he, he makes the second movement and... Yeah, they're, he's he's that good at them that I think his are okay, but other people probably are throwing them. I do wonder, will it change? Will, will they, at some stage, maybe in a league or something like that, experiment with, you're only allowed to hand pass off the Hurley or if you change hand. I, I, I wonder, will that happen? Um, I don't know what would need to happen for that to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what sort of epidemic it would need to get to or, or you know, there, there, there would need to be some huge outcry over something. And I just don't see what that something is. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, but, but it would, Jesus, it would change the game. It would really, it would absolutely change the sport if, uh, if you could only hand pass off the earlier, if you changed hands, that would, that would be, it would be an interesting change to the game. It would, it would, um, Get us back to uh, reasonable levels of scoring again. Uh, it would, <laughs> you know, um, like then we scored more in in the first half yesterday than they did uh, when they won the All Ireland uh, three years ago. So, uh, you know, the game, the the level of scoring in the game has just gone beyond and beyond. You know, and the level of shooting in the game has gone beyond and beyond. Shooting and, uh, is enormous. It's it's it's, a, it's, it's insane. Like so, like. I was saying to somebody last night, so 
I think Limerick took about 54, 55 shots. And Cork, I think Cork took around 40. 33. 32. Uh, 33 shots. 33. Which so. Is one less than Kilkenny did in 2008. <laughs> so, like, add those up and you're talking, you're talking 86 shots, right? Uh, there's, we'll say there was 70 odd minutes in the game. So, you're talking. 80 shots, 80 puckouts in a 75-minute game. That doesn't leave a lot of room for the rest of hurling, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas, I guess, if you did change it and, and you know, they're, they're, they're able to take that many shots and move the ball so quickly because the hand pass is just such a, you know, a, a, an easy thing to do. If you changed it to, you can only hand pass off the hurl or if you change hands, it would absolutely slow down the level of shooting. I don't know. We won't be going for that one now. I don't know. I don't know. There's too many scores in this game, lads. It's far, there's far too many scores. <laughs> I do think whatever about other players, uh, Lynch would just f- find another way. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, a point that we had Frank Flannery on the podcast last week with James Ryan, but Ben had asked Frank, what Cork needed to do to win. And one of the things he pointed out, and the big thing was retain 70% of their puckouts. Now I looked at the stats and they it says they won 69% of them. But I'm wondering, could you really say that they re- retained them? Like did Limerick just kind of <laughs> yeah, 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 set the yeah. trap for them? That was essentially it. Yeah, yeah. Like they were as I was saying earlier, they they were having to work so hard to get out to their 65. You know, it was taking four or five passes and not all of them were going to hand. And at one stage, I think the two cornerbacks kind of nearly ran into each other, uh, crossing over with one giving a hand pass to another. Yeah, they, they, you're right. That's exactly the way to frame it. They, they completed those 69% of puckouts, but they didn't retain all of them. Yeah. Um, and like they're, you know, for the first 15 minutes, the, their scores only came from from freeze, you know, the, well, apart from Kingston's goal. Um, but they couldn't, they just couldn't get the ball up as far as Horgan. Like, Horgan, I, I was watching a fella with a white helmet come to the Cork 45, five minutes into the second half to get a puck out. And it's going, oh my God, that's Patrick Horgan. So he was on his own 45, five minutes into the second half, looking for a puck out. And you're going, that's not what the plan was, lads. Whatever <laughs> he sat down on Friday night for your last few notes, Hoggy coming for a for, for, a, for a, a puck out, uh, that wasn't part of it. The art of defending, there's been a lot of talk of that being gone. Is, is it, as we were just talking about, the level of skill in the passing? Um I just I don't understand how there can be so many free Limerick men that were able to take scores. There weren't even foul. Like what did they score? Three frees in the whole game, maybe four frees. Uh, I've seen on these stats, frees conceded by Cork eight in the whole game. Yeah. Are they just not close enough to to even drag them down and stop them? I think there was What's a similar that? situation with, with Tipperary and Waterford. When Waterford bet Tipperary, they only scored two frees or something in the whole game and put up a huge score. Mm. I must say I have a certain level of uh, sympathy for for the Cork full backline. 
like if you take uh, like Galan's goal, which was the sort of the one, the, not the one moment, but the moment in the game where the whole stadium kind of went, <gasps> they're two on two inside. What the, like this is done here. And, and two of them went to the one man. <laughs> until, but but all that happened, you know, like it was so so oddly simplistic. Damon Burns gets a puck out at he was he was sort of standing at center half back for, for Limerick. He'd sort of come inside and like he's probably the best distributor out of the Limerick defense. Like he's you know, Hayes is a great runner. Hannon's Hannon's very good distributor as well, but Burns is so precise because he's a long-range free taker as well. And like he looks up, and like even even as he's looking up, Flanagan and Galan both are running, like they're running over towards the the Hogan stand. So they both make the first run, but Galan stops dead, and both car corner backs kind of run. But I think it was uh, O'Leary. Was it O'Leary? Yeah, O'Donoghue went with with Flanagan and O'Leary kind of stopped. But like by the time he had stopped, Flanagan had made his run so early that he was out in front. And Galan's wit to actually just stop stock still on more or less the the uh, the, the, at the at the top of the D or the bottom of the D. Um, like that bit of movement is brilliant, brilliant movement. Now, so when you add up the fact that uh, Limerick's best distributor is standing alone uh, at six with the ball in his hand and the two inside forwards are making this brilliant move where they kind of fake out the cornerbacks and end up putting enough doubt in their mind. That level of like skill, of thought, of running, all of that sort of stuff Jesus, man, it, it is, it is, you're talking elite, elite stuff there, you know? And like, you're absolutely right. And it's funny, I, I read an interview with Justin McCarthy in the Examiner on Saturday where he was bemoaning, you know, uh, the lack of marking in the game, in, in hurling generally these days. And I must say, I was kind of reading it, kind of going, well, like these teams aren't idiots, you know. Everybody goes out with a plan, and their defenders are sent out to mark. They're not sent out and told, uh, "Listen, make sure and give your give give the fellow a bit of space there." And if he's able to score over his shoulder, he's able to score over his shoulder. That's like that just doesn't happen. Like they know how good intercounty forwards are. Um, but it's very hard when the other the other crowd are really, really good, you know? Like, James Flanagan and Aaron Gillan and Peter Casey in that first half were making fantastic runs, and they were making them just that little, just that step quicker. And look, you can make those runs when when you when your team plays to, to uh, such a brilliant plan of, okay, if the wingback has the ball in this spot, it's going to that spot. If the cornerback has it in this position, it's going to that position. Otherwise, it's going diagonally across. Like, they know exactly where the ball is going, and the guy playing the ball knows exactly where they want it. Like, and it is so brilliantly constructed that, Jesus, it, it is very, it is a lonely, lonely place being a man-marker in, in that situation. Um, so I have a certain sympathy for them, because, they, like, 
the other guys are really bloody good, you know. Yeah. Peter Casey probably had one of my favorite moves of the match with the with his shimmy yeah. for uh, for one of his points. What are your thoughts on him getting off the red card? I'm delighted he did. Uh, this for his five points mm-hmm. in the first half and for that shimmy mo- most especially. Yeah. Uh, but what are your thoughts on him getting off the red Again, card in the semi? Uh, yeah, this is, this is even I, I'm I'm a terrible uh, reporter to send to these games because uh, I. Uh, 100% didn't see that to the to the point where I went into the um, press conference afterwards and one of them said, what do you think of the red card? And I said, Jesus, was there a red card? <laughs> I, I was so uh, so uh, engrossed in uh, hurling is really difficult to report on the on the whistle and try and get all the scores correct. Trust me. Um, so I didn't see it. I only saw it in in retrospect. Um, and uh, I it definitely in for as long as I can remember. I know Conor Gleeson in whatever year that was was that twenty seventeen for Waterford. Um, didn't they didn't pursue it? It's very hard to make a suspension stick for an All Ireland fight, and we can debate the rights and wrongs of that. But it is it has become very very difficult. Um, it is. Once there was any doubt at all in that scenario with Peter Casey, um, it was done. There, there, there was like there was there was almost no chance that he was going to miss the final because it 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 has it is very very difficult. Um, refs don't like sending off people in semi-finals. They don't like um, they don't like becoming the center of attention. Uh, the fact that he was sent off on. Uh, on different advice made that sort of grey area there. If look, if if Austin Gleason didn't miss the final in whatever year that was, 27, uh, 2017, having torn the, the fella's helmet off, um, you know, it's just not it's not a thing. Like it's very, very hard to make those suspensions stick these days. And it I think most people not that you know, again, I think it's another GA thing. It's sort of accepted. That it's, you know, short of it. It has to be very, very blatant and and a watertight uh, case for a suspension to stand for an All Ireland final. I don't think it's right, but that's how it is. I'm glad that, like, I know Casey had a great game while he was there, mm. but I'm quite glad that it wasn't a tight game. Casey gets man the match, yeah, and then we're looking yeah. back at this guy who probably, maybe, maybe should have missed it. I'm not sure. Mm. Mm. Been the difference. What was Mitch Jordan telling us from the 2001 All Ireland semi final against Tipperary? Liam Dunn and was it Brian O'Mara got sent Brian off O'Mara, for yeah. putting each other with the hurls? Yeah. And Mitch got sent off later. But I think we're, they're trying to get the Wexford lads were trying to get Brian O'Mara off his suspension, but it oh, did, yeah. they, but they didn't. And no. Mitch was also given like a three month suspension for his pull, which meant he missed club hurling and football for the year, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, God, I, remember, I did a piece with O'Mara there about three, four years ago. When was the last time Tip played Wexford in the championship? About four years ago. And um, thanks for reminding us. Uh, yeah, indeed. He, <laughs> but he was. Uh, I remember ringing him up and saying, uh, "Listen," he says, "I know why you're ringing," and I went, "All right." And he says, "Look, I've spent my life 
ever since talking about this. I don't mind giving it one more go. Um, but it, God, it was an enormous controversy. A really, really enormous controversy. Uh, I was just starting work um, in 2000. I, I, it was maybe my second championship working. And I remember it was an, 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 because the Pip Wexford had gone to a replay, isn't that right? Uh, yeah. And and the two of them were sent off, him and him and uh, Dunn, and um, he missed the final. Yeah, and they went. This was before the DRA and all that sort of stuff. So there was talk of high court injunctions and all that sort of stuff. And it was it was a really really huge controversy because it was it was just you know was thought unacceptable that for for something so small and stupid yeah that, that somebody would miss an all Ireland uh, semi-final um but here you like this actually for the piece i i talked to the the ref that sent them off why can't i remember his name oh, i can't remember anyway I, I i talked to him and he uh he was uh, <laughs> he was saying i listen i look i know I know it was terrible what happened to Brian O'Mara and he missed an All-Ireland final, but people forget I missed the All-Ireland final too because uh, I was only doing that game as a favour because uh, somebody else got sick. I wasn't supposed to be doing that game at all. I was supposed to get the final that year and I didn't get the final because there was such a big row afterwards. <laughs> kind of a shame in the way, like even with this new uh, cynical foul rule, mm. kind of... It's almost like the best thing the refs can do is almost implement the rules as little as possible so not to make any big decisions like that. And only if it's really obvious do you make the big call, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, we, we get into talking about ref, hurling referees another day, but, like, as you say, like, Oregon get what? What do you say? Eight frees for Cork yesterday and, and something similar for Limerick? Like, he's... Um, he was he's definitely of the school that, that lets things go. Yeah, was it I think it was Pat Horn, was that the referee? Yeah, there you go. Just looked it up there. I didn't I didn't remember myself. I just looked it no. up. <laughs> Thanks very much, Malachi, for joining us again. Much Not at all. Delighted. Anytime now. Thanks a million, Malachi. You take care of yourselves. You do. Well do. I'll listen to you later on again now. Yeah. The second <laughs> That's it, yeah. I changed most of it. I uh, got Completely yeah, yeah. Cork, actually, Cork actually won in the one I did with second half. Damien Fitzhenry is the best at what he did to ever play with. Unquestionably, was the best there ever was. My God, he was just so good. A magician. The youngest to the 15, uh, nine brothers and five sisters. They just stuck you in the goal then? Yeah, well, uh, a so-called goal, uh, two tar barrels. Damien Fitzhenry was the best goalkeeper I ever played, but you know, I'd say, say that. Damien Fitzhenry is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. So I'd probably, like, I'd probably say Damien. Unfortunately, Gary, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it. As he's he's actually after taking the hump now, he feels he's being completely ignored by the powers that be in Wexford, and he now says he's going to boycott all media in Wexford for the next two weeks. 
Really? So we won't even we won't have him for two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, to be honest, I don't know if it's going to get him anywhere, but sure, that's that's his own. We'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. And thanks to our sponsor, the Enniscordy Credit Union. Everyone, take care. Up Wexford. Awesome heart, Blake. I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through the